Welcome everyone, Call in the Ring Media presents Squared Circle Rewind, episode 122, where we review WCW World War III 1996. Shortly, I will be joined by Dave and Ben, and we are going to have Body Slam, where we're going to talk about our top five Mania moments, and also talk about our favorite moments from this past year's Mania. We'll have our beneficial facts, and then we'll get into some matches. Here we go. And now we welcome in Dave Weekly Body Slam. How's it going, everybody? Well, I guess, Jesse, how are you doing? <laughs> good, good. How are you, Dave? <laughs> I'm fantastic. It was a beautiful weekend of wrestling, considering we all had our beliefs that it would not be fun. Yes, I, I want to come out and say it on this podcast. Last week I said I thought it was a mistake for them going forward with WrestleMania. I was... Utterly and a hundred percent wrong. Um, what they did over two nights uh, was great entertainment. Um, they did things that um, uh, I think the the I think the phrase is necessity is the mother of invention. So what that means basically is they were forced to do things that they never had to do in the past because of the situation. So you had that crazy boneyard match. You had the Firefly Funhouse match, and it was entertaining. And all the talent gave their all. It was like it. Um, I heard somebody. I, I read somebody on on Twitter say they were worried it was going to be like a Saudi Arabia show where you could you could totally tell that they were mailing it in, but that was not the case. Like everyone went balls out for the show. Great balls job, out, WWE. foiled. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Great job, WWE. I was a hundred percent wrong. WrestleMania was a lot of fun. Ben. For the matches that you did watch, did you enjoy? Yes, I enjoyed the Boneyard match immensely and the uh, Firefly uh, Funhouse segment with uh, Bray and John. That, that made me laughing my ass off. It was definitely... I think the best thing about the whole Cena thing was it was unexpected and no one predicted that. Not even Tyson yeah. O'Neill, who looked like he just watched like the worst horror movie he'd ever seen in his entire life. <laughs> Titus O'Neil's face was my face after watching that Firefly Funhouse because I had no, I had no clue what to make of what I just watched, but I liked it. But I had no, I, I didn't, I was like, I don't even know what the hell, what to explain here. I, I don't know. <laughs> it was definitely something that, like when Cena came out onto the to the stage, I was like, oh, it's gonna be an actual match. And then all of a sudden, I went to like cinematics. I'm like, oh. I was like, I'm confused. And then all of a sudden, they started going down Cena's path. And when he came out as Ruthless Aggression and Cena, I started laughing. Yes, yes. Especially with the hair. The <laughs> hair got me. The hair was just like, oh, Jesus Christ, Cena. <laughs> um, the one thing I took home the most from watching this was usually when they're on television or they're doing pay-per-view and there's an audience, you can sometimes hear the wrestlers calling their spots. Yeah, but because it was no audience and sound was so sensitive, I was like, "This is a great opportunity for the wrestlers to learn how to either, you know, formulate the match backstage and have less calls in the ring." Because most of the times that the calls came up was when the wrestlers were adapting to the fans. Yeah, it was like there was no call spots. Um, everyone was like, every match sounded more physical. 
Yep. Like, I don't know. Did you watch the the Cesaro Gulak match? I I watched um I you know, going into it I said I was just gonna watch if I had time. I ended up watching both days with the pre show. Both days. So <laughs> there you go. When, the one that we thought, yeah, we'll have it on the background, whatever. Yeah, no, I <laughs> sat there and I watched the entire thing and I was thoroughly enjoyed with it. It was, they did so freaking well. Like Owens and Rollins' match was so well done. To me, Owens and Rollins had the best match of both days. Yeah. That's not to, that's not to take anything. That's not to take uh, Edge and Orton. My problem with that is it went ten minutes too long. That's that's just me personally. I felt like I was like, oh my god! Like I get that they're telling this great story, but Jesus Christ, you guys are dragging this out. You know, they had that, a that's... Too, though. <laughs> <laughs> they could just show us eighty percent of the performance center. Just they just showed all of it. I guess. I guess. But I do. I, I felt that that match went too long, but uh, for me, it was it was. Uh, Owens and Rollins were, was the best match. Uh, followed close second was uh, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. That match was brutal, like in the sense of it was so physical. I have a question for you. Have you ever had a boardroom that had chain link fence as a roof? Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was like, does that like, is that to intimidate them? Like if the writers look up to the ceiling and they're like, oh shit, maybe I should look up here. Like, I don't know. I saw that and I'm like, was that put just for the spot in the match, or is that always there? Yeah, uh, I also <laughs> like the the triple threat ladder match. Those guys for for not having any fans there, not having the adrenaline they usually would for the spots they were doing. My God, my my all props go to those three men. Oh my God, especially that that bump Morrison took right at the end when he grabbed the belts. Holy shit! <laughs> or the uh, he. Uh... He uh he walked across the entire duration of one side of the ring ropes and hit a Spanish yep. fly. Yep, yeah, that was pretty mm. good. That was pretty good. Great WrestleMania. We were wrong. I, I was glad yes. we were wrong. Uh, long story short, I, I was so thankful that they did it because it allowed us six hours plus yep. of just not thinking about what's going on in the world. Uh, I also think it, it's got to be it's got to be in the future. They got to do two nights of Mania now. Yes. Now that you think know? okay. I was laughing so hard when they kept saying this show was too big for one night. I'm like, you guys had a show last year that was 17 matches, and it was eight longer. hours plus, yeah. longer than this. Yeah, yeah, one match, one match longer, and you guys were like, "Whoa, this one's a little too big." Okay, we got to <laughs> split it up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah the three hours, well, three hours the first night and three hours plus the second night. I felt full of energy afterwards still yes yes it was it was easily digestible and they could do uh next year you don't do smackdown on the friday night you tell fox listen we're gonna have smackdown on the thursday night or something or 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 smackdown will be on the wednesday night and nxt will be on the tuesday and you have it it could be like a whole week of things and you have hall of fame on the thursday you have nxt on the friday and then the two night wrestlemania saturday sunday is what you do and yeah, and you have Hall of Fame hosted by Hillbilly Jim. That's right. That's right. And, <laughs> and he'll come out and be like, now where I left you off was 1974. <laughs> did you Did you also feel that Gronk won a community competition and was invited as a, uh, as a guest to WrestleMania as opposed to a host? 
the only thing I thought with Gronk was he was wearing that, those sunglasses the entire time. And I'm like, <laughs> I bet you he's baked out of his mind and his eyes are bloodshot. And they're like, yeah, we can't have you on camera looking like that. So you're going to have to wear these sunglasses. Now, Ben, unfortunately, had the pleasure of working. So he wasn't able to catch the whole show. But I think we could talk about the Boonyard match. Can we not, Ben? Yeah, yeah. What was your likes, your, your likes and dislikes? I liked it because it was very. It seemed like it was a movie. Yep. I, I love that about it, and I, I it's, love it's the, to hear the trash talking between uh, the two during the match too, especially Undertaker. Yeah, like he uh, went back to his American badass days. It's uh, it's the WWE Cinematic Universe. It's beginning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked AJ's entrance too. How he came in in the hearse and he starts laughing. And he's like, ha, 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 I got you guys. Like, <laughs> loved it. I just love the back and forth. Well, I shouldn't say back and forth because usually it was Taker talking shit. But I, I, I like the small continuity shots that he was taking. Like, you know, what's my wife's name? Yeah. Um, just things like that where I was like, this is the, the reinvention of Undertaker because he knows he can't do these matches no more. Yeah. And this is like the best. This is like the win-win. Like, hey, you can appear at Mania for a special cinematic match, which has been taking – or sorry, has been receiving a lot of negative on my Facebook page from wrestlers and individuals in the business for a long time because they think that it makes the business look fake and whatnot. I'm like, guys, like, <laughs> we have guys like Dwayne Ryan running around for the last five years. Yep. Like, yep. the business is not the way it was, which is good. Can yeah. you imagine watching it, 1983 and 1986 matches right now? It's uh, it's nice to see. It, it's a way for Undertaker, like you said, Dave, to extend his career uh, because his actual in-ring career is probably done. Uh, and to be quite honest, when it comes to Cena, too, it's probably the same thing. It's a, it's a way for him to extend his career, possibly. I was surprised that AJ Styles didn't go over, though. I thought he was going to win because I thought this was a way to, like, like for Taker to 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 go out, um, and I was kind of in my head. I was like, I'd be cool if Finn Balor like made an appearance, and he's the one that put uh, Taker in the grave, and then you have the reunion of the Bullet Club. I thought that would have been kind of cool. Was there anything that you would change about it, Ben? Uh, maybe just a little less of the uh, pyro and the laser shot of the Taker symbol and everything. Like I don't know. I thought I didn't think any of that was really necessary. <laughs> Then, when I saw that kind of stuff, then I'm like, oh, okay, this is starting to get a little hokey. You didn't think it made sense for there to be pyro on a wooden bar? <laughs> no, I can't say that I did. <laughs> and and you're telling me that Taker does not have a a machine that could put a laser thing on an exact spot that it did? If, any, if anybody does, it's Taker. Let's, let's face it. <laughs> um, now... Uh, question for both of you. So, Tigger's approaching his 30th year. Yeah. Uh, Survivor Series. Retirement match? Against Hollywood Hulk Hogan, baby. Let's do it. No. No. Hulk Slam only match. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I was, my proposal was Drew McIntyre versus Undertaker. Survivor Series. Championship versus career. Uh, that That's interesting. Uh, I just don't think Taker can go anymore. In the Boneyard match. Yeah, but you can't put a title on the line in the Boneyard match. That's kind of silly. You can pyro on a wooden barn, Jesse. Yeah, Taker can. Like, <laughs> he's the only guy, dude. 
So, so question though, in regards to Styles, is he alive? Is oh, he resurrecting? No, as he's dead. He's, dead. he's He's gonna he's gonna come back as as a zombie. <laughs> he did like a sweater thing with his hand was out of the dirt. Yeah, yeah, like like he's gonna oh, come back as a song. And, and John, worst John prosthetic Cena, prop ever. John Cena is <laughs> like like uh, like in the uh, Leatherverse or whatever where Ant Man went uh, when he when he when he in in the Marvel movies. That's where John C or John Cena is now. He disappeared. He's gone. It's over. And he still buys it curling wherever he ended up. That was hilarious, though. That was hilarious. Like. I, I was so thoroughly entertained entertained by that whole match, and I had no fucking clue what was going on. I was just like, "This is crazy," and I love it. The best part was the NWO. That was funny. That was funny because there was a lot of rumors of NWO being brought back in, and the two names that were spoken of often was CM Punk and John Cena. Yep. Oh jeez. Yep. So well, like I mentioned wrong. earlier, there was a time I wanted to see it revived. Totally, especially with like current stars. Yep. Well, like honestly, we can have it where there could be thirty people on it still. We have like two or five live rosters. That's not doing much. <laughs> that NXT. could be the ULWO. Jeez. And, and yeah. NXT, NXT UK could be the B team. <laughs> oh, jeez. There you go. Oh, so overall, we enjoyed WrestleMania surprisingly. Yes, surprisingly. Good, good job, thank WWE. You. Very good job. Thank you, thank you, thank you WWE, for thank entertaining. You. Thank you. And thank you. And thank you, Ben, for working and not being able to watch it. Yes, right. <laughs> what, what else you got for us this week, Dave? Uh, I got it from our favorite listener, Chris Olson. He he asked us to do our top five WrestleMania moments. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, which, which I thought would be kind of easy, but it really isn't. When there's 36, uh, I guess I say 36 episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... It was not easy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Ben start off his top five WrestleMania moments. Okay, okay. well, you can speak for yourselves. It took me ten minutes to come up with them. Oh, jeez. And I'm just, uh, I'm thinking, I was just thinking in terms of just what I still remember, what I'm still fond, like fondly remember, and basically are the first five that came to my head. So obviously they're significant. So... Uh, my first one is uh, the imposter doink winning, going over against Crush. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just kidding. What? <laughs> oh, I wish I could have seen Dave's face when I said that, though. <laughs> you are fired. No, really, though. So, number one is Savage winning the WWF title at WrestleMania 4 after winning that tournament. Yep. Um, Austin passing out to the sharpshooter in his own pool of blood with Ken Shamrock just calling the match just because Austin never gave up. Big face move. Yeah, I mean, that that just, that switched the roles and that, I mean, Austin was already over. He was already on his way, but that night he shifted into third gear. Yep. And number three, basic... The Rock and Hogan's match from start to finish at WrestleMania 18. The seven-minute stare-down? Yeah, like the whole, just the whole match. Uh, let's see. The Undertaker going 20-0. and 0. It should have just stopped there. 
That was the mm. uh, the end of an era match with uh, Triple H and the Hell in the Cell. He went twenty yeah. and zero. Should have just ended there. I agree. And uh, my last one, it was actually more recent. Um, the Hardy Boys returning in uh, 2017. That was huge. Like, oh my God, just the pop and the New Day's reaction when they came out and just just the whole um, <clears throat> pandemonium moment. Good top this, five. This, this, this silence makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm interrupting you. Uh, yeah, I don't want to interrupt you. I'm listening. I'm like, oh, that's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or yeah, those are, those are my top over, ones. Or I'm, I'm not over you saying doink. Like, I'm still upset with that. <laughs> He's still in shock. He's like, doink? <laughs> doink? Oh, <yeah>. Doink? <laughs> oh, geez. Jesse, give okay. me your uh, top five. Okay, in no, in no order. Uh, also... These are the top five that I've seen. I have actually still not seen WrestleMania 30, so I can't put in the, sh- the streak being ended or Daniel Bryan's victory because I've actually never seen them. So that does not count for me. Gotcha. Um, so I got um, in WrestleMania 7, after uh, the Macho Man Ultimate Warrior retirement match, Macho and Liz reuniting. That's something that okay. came into mind just because like the whole crowd was believing like like there's fucking people crying when it happened when Liz came yes, down when Liz came down to save Macho from Sherry. And and it was that moment was so well done and it was such a happy moment. Like Macho was retiring, but nobody was sad that Macho was retiring because he was with Liz again. I was. Well, okay, man. <laughs> One guy was upset, but everyone else was happy. <laughs> Jesus, um, I got the Hulk uh, Mini eighteen Hogan Rock the stare down specifically them just staring at each other at each other and as 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 the crowd is chanting them looking the opposite ways from each other as at looking at the crowd as they're just going nuts like that's just crazy. Uh, Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant Mania three. Uh, I got uh, Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero at the end of Mania twenty celebrating. Oh, why? That one, um, that one, that one always gets me. Um, and I know when we so review it, when we review it in the future, I'm gonna cry when I see it again because every time I think about it, I get teary eyed. And uh, I don't. I guess this might be number one because I was there. But Mania 24, HBK and Flair with HBK saying, "I'm sorry, I love you," and then switching music one, two, three. Those are my. I guess I specifically, I, I should have said. What's your favorite WrestleMania moments except for 24? Because Jesse was there and I was not. <laughs> well, too bad you didn't make that caveat, so it's in there. I actually thought if you were going to bring one up from that pay-per-view, it'd be the uh, malfunction of the equipment during Taker's entry. Well, that was, that was the moment that I thought my <laughs> life was ending because it, it landed right in front of me. And it wasn't his entrance. It was his win. It was after his win. They, they sent off oh, his win. Sorry, yes. It's right at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking crazy. So, yeah, so you, you know, you had two big moments in that pay per view. Yes, yes. And also, I will say, too, Mania 24 was the first time that I legitimately, legitimately thought that Taker could lose. They did such a good job. That was Edge, right? That was against Edge. And that was, a, that was like, there was a couple times I'm like, oh my God, they're actually going to end the streak. Little did I know it was going to be like six years later. 
you know, and then the next, and then <laughs> in the next year, Michaels uh, taker. I was, I was more than convinced that fucking Michaels was going to win, but you know, you, uh, you sold my points. You sold my points. I was wrong. <laughs> good top five. Good top five. So my my top five was based on emotion and memory because you know every strong memory is a type of you know powerful emotion. So. Number one, it, well, no specific order, but number one, Hogan and The Rock. That match just everything about it I love. I love how during the match, The Rock and Hogan decided to switch rules mm-hmm. based on how the fans were reacting. Uh, Miss Elizabeth reuniting with, with Macho Man Ray Savage always brings a tear to my eye because that story was so well done. Mm-hmm. This one, neither of you guys said, and I'm actually glad because I don't like when we have similarities. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three, Edge's spear on Jeff Hardy. I'll talk the ladder. Oh, yes, yes. Um, I remember when Edge was talking about an interview and how that spot came, he just decided to do it, and he's like, I knew it was career-ending, and it was a risk, but we did it anyway. And it just, all the camera flashes, everything about it looks so amazing. Um, I had to go this one. Uh, Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior. Oh, yes. Yes. That, you know, I grew up a Warrior fan. You grew up a Hogan fan. My guy came on top. Yeah, um, bullshit. <laughs> 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 Warrior people. I'm um, still bitter. 30 years I'm later. Still still 30 years later, I'm like, yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, it's 30 years ago. Yep. Uh, my last one is Bret Hart, Steve Austin, submission match. Just... So much stuff happened in that match that ca- that catapulted the industry. Uh, for example, uh, Austin refusing to tap out, and I love how he said in, in his recent interview with Brett that he didn't know how long Brett was going to hold it for. <laughs> <laughs> so he was kind of like, uh, "Let's make this quick, but let's not, because you know this build suspense." And then I especially loved how Brett continued to attack Austin after the yeah. match, which you know that match just. After watching it again on the podcast, or sorry, on the, uh, Austin's podcast, I was like, okay, this is definitely one of my favorite moments. But let us know any we, – we didn't have any goofy top say, fives to do. So Listen, none of us picked Santino winning the Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal at WrestleMania 25? Damn. Like, not even an honorable mention for many of us. God, we're dicks. Maybe we'll do – Maybe we'll do top five worst moments now. Number one. Possibly, <laughs> hey, Jesus. Oh, man. Let us know what you guys want us to do top five on wrestling related or goofy, but make it like appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Uh, all right. Let's transition into some beneficial facts. Beneficial facts brought to you by Ben. <laughs> I worked all day. There long. you go. There you go. <laughs> You'll have to bear with me. <laughs> okay, now I'm ready. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, here's our next top five. The top five uh, Ben's not ready moments. <laughs> okay, World War III took place November 24th, 1996 at the Norfolk Scope in Norfolk, Virginia in front of 10,314 fans. Tagline for this event is 60 men, three rings, one battle royal, total destruction. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, you don't understand taglines 
I'm supposed to be short. <laughs> well, to, to think there was a border meeting probably coming <laughs> up with this name for like eight hours. They probably ordered Chinese. They probably talked about, you know, 90% of everything else that had like nothing to do with coming up with this name <laughs> for this event. I don't know. I'm speculating. Um, commentary is done by Bobby the Brain Heenan, Tony Schiavone, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and a blonde lady that says nothing the entire show sitting next to Dusty. I don't know who that and was. And she said nothing. Um, and she said she, nothing. Oh, she must have been just one, like, just like a producer or something. Was she yeah, a producer must have been, or something? Must have been. So... World War Three did a 0.55 buy rate equivalent to 140,000 pay-per-view buys doing a live gate of $118,000. Now I just did some math just for fun. If you, okay, so 7,018 fans paid to attend the event. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you divide 118,000 by 7,018, the average ticket price was sixteen dollars and eighty one cents. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I saw the live gate. I'm like, okay, I gotta. I, I I had to do this. I considered doing it at a couple of other events before, but I just decided, nah, screw it. But this one I did, and I'm like, wow, less than twenty bucks would have gotten you into this event back then. Wow. Okay. Now I, I mean, you gotta. You got to take into account that, you know, front row seats are probably more expensive and that kind of thing. I'm just doing an overall. Yeah. Yeah. Just the far beyond, far beyond Dave's, uh, the median uh, or whatever comprehension. I don't like how you said math. Even, even, um, even $16, like this is still back in 1996. Like it's, you know, I, I don't know what that would with inflation, what that would be now. It'd probably be about 35 bucks. It's not bad for a pay-per-view. Uh, it's bad yeah, for this one. I was going to say, for this yeah. one, you've overpaid by about <laughs> fucking... If you, if you paid $16 to get in, you overpaid by $15, I would say. Well, a third of the fans <laughs> didn't pay to get in. Yeah, they were the lucky ones. Yeah, they were the smart ones. So, actually, they should get Performer of the Night for not <laughs> They really in. should. Uh, World War Three ninety six received mixed reviews from numerous critics. Uh, I think it's safe to say us three are on the same page, if I know you guys as well as I think I do. Um, Hollywood Hogan and Roddy Piper would have their contract signing at World War Three, which I'll just come out and say bluntly. I'll just bluntly say this. This made no fucking sense to do with the pay-per-view. Why don't you do this on I Nitro? think it- I think it's just night. to have Hogan on the pay per view because then, then it it um, at least he, he sh- how is this, how does that generate any last minute pay per view buys though? Like what what is enticing about? That? I don't know. Maybe he's just, he was contracted to be there. I'm not sure. It it it, it doesn't but make I mean, a lot of sense. It's World War Three. The em- the emphasis is to, to, supposed to be oh, on the but, battle royal. Uh, so I mean, maybe maybe they did it here because because of the battle royal. Because so many guys were going to be in it, there's because all the guys that worked matches previous were in the battle royal, right? So they probably figured, well, we'll do a contract signing that we won't have to tire out two or four other guys. Maybe that's what they were figuring. You mean like Hall and Nash had just basically stood? They were tired, man. They they just worked the previous match, man. Come on. And then they had to walk back. And then walk back out. They didn't even get to stay. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and for Nash, like, 
he's had hip problems his entire career, man. Like, that's a lot of fucking work for the guy. So put them on earlier in the well, show. Well, I wasn't there for that. I'm just saying this is what happened, and this is this is why I think they did what they did. Okay. Boulder Dash. It's all, it's all bullshit. All right, what other... Speaking of bullshit, uh, one dark match to make note of. La Parca defeated Viano 4 in ah, any yes. time. What was that name? La Parca. Okay. Defeated Villano 4. Villano in Spanish. Ah, the fourth, the fourth and, villain. And number yes. four? The that fourth villain. Oh, that my bastard. God. <laughs> the first three couldn't make it because I guess they were in the Battle Royal as well. I don't know. Oh, shit. <laughs> Um, this is the first WCW pay-per-view with the black and white crow yes. sting. And he, and I'll get on that later, but he really saved that match he interfered in. Um, the Quebecers of Jacques Rougeau and Pierre the Pirate are now in WCW. Uh, Pierre would use his real name, Carl Lulet, uh, due to trademark reasons from WWE. And the two would be known as the Amazing French Canadians. They would have a very short brief stint in WCW as the two were released in mid-1997. Good, because, because spoiler now, alert, the bounty earns my tool tonight for his shit-ass shit, just by the way. <laughs> shit-ass shit. S-A-S. The Mountie. Which one's that? Oh, the Mountie. I don't know, man. He did a kip a kip up at a pretty sweet drop. Yeah, but that like, Holy shit, that doesn't that doesn't up. save the fact that he was supposed to pull down the ropes on on Booker T, and he completely forgot to be there. And Booker hit the rope and kind of sat there, and he's like, "Dude, where are you? You're supposed." To... Oh but he kipped God. up. You you're <laughs> ben, your love of the Mountie blinds you to his shittiness. <laughs> You sound like Saruman from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Your love for the half of That's kind of that's kind of weird because I've been watching a lot of Lord of the Rings with the boys lately. So I haven't watched that movie in a year, but I just yes. remember certain lines. Um, okay, so a couple of interesting facts about the amazing French Canadians: Jacques Rougeau and uh, Carl Ouellette had a brief rivalry in WWE 1994, prior just before they left the company. And the two had a match in the Montreal Forum, which was actually Rougeau's first retirement match. I guess WCW offered him a shit load of money to come back in 1996. Hence why he came back. I don't know. I'm speculating again. Um, the French Canadians also participated in a tag team match, taking on Mongo McMichael and Arn Anderson in uh, 1997 as well. Or late 96. Can't remember. I looked at this earlier. I can't remember now. The significance, though, the significance of this match, though, was uh, this was actually Arn Anderson's last actual <laughs> wrestling match. Yeah. And uh, this would be the final time that World War Three would be held at the Norfolk Scope. 1997 to 1998, World War Three to the Palace of Auburn, Michigan. And these guys, what the hell is going on? No. Somebody drop something. Okay. Are we all okay? <laughs> well, it sounded like like somebody dropped their phone or something. Speaking of which, <laughs> these have been your beneficial facts for this. All right. Our first match of the evening, we got Rey Mysterio Jr. facing the Ultimo Dragon. Don't you mean Ultimate Dragon? 
I no, I refuse. I'm going to call him Ultimo <laughs> because it's driving me batty that they have not fixed it. <laughs> it's just like, what are you guys doing? Also, Dragon comes in with like eight titles. That's Holy awesome. Shit. And did you guys hear? Were all the titles on the line on this one? Yeah, it was like the Super J title or something, which means like all of them. All of them. Okay, I I thought I'd misheard that. Okay, so all eight titles are on the line. I have no clue what all eight of them are, but they are all on the line. Uh, and Ultimo Dragon retains by pinfall at 13 minutes and 48 seconds. Ben, what were your thoughts? Can you imagine if Rey Mysterio actually won all those titles? He he tries putting them all on, and he like gets buried underneath them, and then you see his arm come up being, Can someone help me? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have he doesn't have Sonny Ono to help out like Ultimo did. He'd have to carry all eight by himself. Well, speaking of Sonny Ono, uh, he could have not have been there and it would have made no difference in the match. I'm just saying. He played no part. No, he did not. Um, well, Ultimate Dragon and Ultimate Warrior. Imagine that tag team. What? <laughs> the Dragon Warrior. Or the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> what? I said that would have to be pluralized, not singular. The ultimate no, warriors. Oh, the ultimate warrior dragons. Both warriors. The ultimate warriors. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, good high Thank risk you know. and high flying uh, wrestling. Uh, good contrast in styles between Mysterio and Dragon again. Uh, the high impact spots got some good uh, crowd reaction. Um, okay. I hated how the commentators' backs were towards the match itself and the action outside that looked so bad and awkward. What did you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I like it I fucking hated that. That was really dumb, you know. Sorry uh, to sound violent I, saying fucking, but I fucking hated that. Uh, I understand that they try to put matches in all three rings, like so different portions of the crowd get it up close, but men alive was that a bad move. Um, apparently, um, oh, hold on. Oh, never mind. Um, where's Tanae for this one? As much as I love, uh, you know, flippity floppity wrestling and kicking in the <laughs> belly welly as Dusty portrays it, the, the match would have been so much better if Tanae had done the commentary. I thought it would have elevated and he probably would have been able to, you know, decipher what moves they were using instead of flippity floppity and be- it's like, fuck, I mean, I love Dusty Rhodes and all, but Jesus Christ. This is a little above uh, Dusty's uh, knowledge for um, um, names of moves. Yes, yes, it is. Um, still enjoyed the still enjoyed the match. So solid opener, and I gave it uh, I gave it a B. Dave, hi. Um, I'm. I was really enjoying the back and forth. I was not aware it was for all the titles. <laughs> But you were aware that he came to the ring with all the titles, though. I, I was where he. I, I remember that because I remember that I see that photo all the time on Google when you search up Ultimate Dragon. That yeah. photo always comes up. So I, I was like, oh, this is such a pivotal moment in this in his career. But at the same time, like I would have loved to see an eight fall match for those titles. <laughs> the first fall, it's for this title. The second, it's like fall. the. Uh, do you remember that match? With, I think it was Kurt Angle and Benoit had that match with Jericho. Yeah, for the Eurocontinental. And the first fall yeah. was for the European and the second fall was for the Intercontinental. 
and and didn't and Kurt had both going in and he lost both coming out right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh god, um, I love the power bomb into the hot shot combo by Dragon. That was really yeah. cool. That was a thing of beauty. It just shows how light Rey Mysterio is for anybody. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, my favorite highlight of this match though is every high spot had a purpose. Yes. Um, I absolutely love the finish. I gave the match an A. I do believe it was this match where I can't remember who said it, but someone kept saying the name was here for the, for the moves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not the only ones that thought that, but yeah, overall, I'll give an A. Uh, I gave the match a B, uh, a good match. Um, another, like, it was another solid opener that WCW has used the cruiserweights in to open up their pay-per-views. And, and I was just like, you just, you almost come to expect that they're going to open, now that the cruiserweights are in full flight, they're, like, every pay-per-view is going to open with a cruiserweight match. And it's going to open the pay-per-view with a bang. And this one this one delivered. I gave it a B. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. The only problem is it goes downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> so, spoiler alert. Uh, so, that brings us to our second match, which we got Nick Patrick. That's right. The referee facing Chris Jericho. And Jericho will have one arm tied behind his back. Jericho wins by pinfall at eight minutes and two seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? Not much. Um, was I the only one that thought of Kenny Powers when I saw Nick Patrick come out? <laughs> are, you, are you familiar with I, Kenny Powers, Ben? I never Kenny thought of Kenny Powers. That. Kenny Powers. Uh, Eastbound. But now, but now that you say that. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now yeah, yeah, that yeah, you yeah, say yeah. it, I'm just like, oh, my God, it's true. Last week was the Miz's dad. This yeah. week is Kenny Powers. Oh, Kenny Powers. my God. I- did not see that. Wow. Um, I mean, props for making this match entertaining. I did give it a C. There was a lot of things that was going on that was quite. It was quite entertaining. Like I knew going in, okay, don't expect this to be a, a good wrestling match, but it was entertaining. I uh, I thought Patrick bumped pretty good. Yes, considering what was going on, um, Jericho doing some spots. With his arm on his back was was scary. Like when he took a snapmare, <laughs> like one of the simplest moves to take. But when you have one arm behind your back, it's really dangerous looking. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good for what it was. Ben, the match it went a little too long. I think um, Jericho did a hell of a job wrestling with one arm tied behind his back. I was very impressed with that. Even if it was against Nick Patrick, I mean, like Nick Patrick uh, selling that arm or that uh, that hip toss, like I actually shook my head and like did a double take, going, "Did that just happen?" Um, yeah, just shocking. And I mean, he does he does like a Mister Perfect like uh, snapmare. Again, just shook my head and did a double take. I'm like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" He's actually doing wrestling moves. Um, Let's see. I'll, I'll give them an E for effort. I mean, props for them trying to make and uh, do something with something that was pretty limited. Because, I mean, let's face it, Nick Patrick isn't a wrestler. And, I mean, we understand that. But, yeah, like Dave said, it's very, it very entertaining. I, like, I, it didn't, I didn't lose my interest in this match. And I can't believe that Nick Patrick took bumps the way he did. 
Like he can almost he can almost teach Duggan how to bump. He uh, he's showing signs that he's progressing well compared to Lex Luger. <laughs> I think he's already surpassed. Him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nick Patrick actually had some decent cardio for since we're on Luger. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I gave the uh, match a C as well. Okay, uh, before before I give my grade, I forgot to say the finish of the last match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're back to the Ultimate Dragon. Yeah, the Ultimate Dragon uh, hit a rebound <laughs> power bomb after catching Ray going for a uh, a. Springboard Hurricane Rana, uh, so that's how he finished that. So going now, going to this tied behind one arm tied behind the back match. I gave this thing an F, and this is why. First off, a match of this. Jesse's got to ruin everything, man. I'm gonna ruin everything. I'm all for gimmick matches. I'm all for 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 quirky stuff. I remember I scored like like a a arm wrestling match between. Uh, Missy Hyatt and Paul Heyman, I scored that like a C because I was entertained by it. The key to these matches is they have to be short and they have to make some kind of sense. It, it went eight minutes. That's way too long. This is not Jericho facing like a what like a like an older wrestler or something like that. It's not like Jericho with one arm tied behind his back facing um uh Lenny Wah- Lane, uh, yeah, Buddy Lane or or uh, or uh, Wahoo McDaniel, right? Like like an old old timer, like he's facing a ref. I don't care if he's got his head behind his one arm tied behind his back. He should have whipped his ass in two minutes. And but it's an old ref. No, no, no. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and where I lost it, this this is where I just I couldn't I couldn't fucking handle it anymore. Jericho Irish whipped. Nick Patrick. And I'm like, how the fuck are you Irish whipping him with one hand? Power. Like, no, no power. <laughs> Motherfucker. Lionheart. I, Lionheart. No, no. I, I was so frustrated with this match. I gave the it power of heart of lion Irish whip. I gave it an F. Jim. I gave it an F. I was no, no. Uh Jericho so, hits hits but, a super kick to win. So Jesse. Yes. How would you have acted if he hit a suplex? Oh, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> or like a hammerlock takeover. Yeah, just would have been like... Or an armbar. Yeah, armbar. I would have been impressed with <laughs> the, the spinning Saskatchewan toehold, though. I would have been very impressed with that. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move on to the third match. We got the Giant facing Jeff Jarrett. And the Giant wins by pinfall at six minutes and five seconds. Ben, what were your thoughts? Fuck, I hate Jarrett's jumping punches that he does. Well, the Giant's big. They look stupid. <laughs> yes, Power. Just reach up and punch him in the face. <laughs> That's true. You don't have to jump with your arm next to your sternum. <laughs> your arms can reach up to his head. Jump, like, reach out and punch him. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> like, if you guys were taller than me, I'm not going to jump up and punch you. Well, if you want all the power, you would. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Jesus <laughs> A very uninspiring match. Felt a lot longer than it was. What I did like about this match was Sting coming down and fucking up Jarrett with the Scorpion Death Drop. That was amazing. And the crowd exploded, too. Yeah, they like that. Um, they're, they're digging this. So, and so am I. They're digging this new Sting. The funny thing is, is the announcers were trying to play it off like, 
oh my god, is he has he joined the NWO? And and even like so later in the night, the NWO does get booed, but like Sting is getting cheered, so it's like the the crowd doesn't even give a shit if he's part of the NWO. They just love that he came down and, and kicked yeah. Jarrett's ass. And Jarrett's not clicking in WCW. He doesn't fit for whatever listen, reason. Um, Maybe it's because of his theme. I feel like I'm in a square dance every time I listen uh, to his theme. I don't think Jeff Jarrett has fit in anywhere he's ever been. I that's just TV. me. I've I've never I've never thought he like uh, he yeah. Eh, he's okay. Well, it's just he's still he's still doing the double J shit here. It's like, hey, change it up. Yeah, didn't work in WWE. It's not working. I mean, it's in Virginia. I mean, they're they're. If there's any type of demographic that's gonna dig his country western thing, it's probably gonna be Virginia. But they're not even getting behind him either. Yeah, true enough. Sting is the only thing that saved my interest in this match. I gave it a D. I did not like it. Dave. Hi. Um, so, uh, sarcastically, I really enjoyed Jeff Jarrett's tenacity. <laughs> it, it proves to be like, like, it doesn't matter. Uh, I thought the match was a dud. I didn't enjoy it at all. But the reason why it got a C for me was Sting. Right. And like, when he, when he came in, now I have to say, isn't it funny that Sting? Looks as if he matches the NWO more than the Outsiders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get the Outsiders wearing red and black, and you get Sting wearing black and white. And uh, I like how he came down. I like how the match kept going. So I was like, I'm missing most of the match, which is nice because I'm just watching Sting walk down the stands. Mm-hmm. So that was really nice of him. But yeah, Sting saved the match. That's why I got to see. I just, I love the crowd pop. Um, although the ref's an idiot because the ref blatantly sees Sting exit the ring and like mocking Jarrett after knocking him out. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, hmm, I wonder. I've always wondered too. <laughs> like, I, they always they always talk about how the ref needs to see it. Like, does the ref not hear the big bang of Jarrett hitting the canvas? No. And not like. I have mentioned that many, many times in these uh, predicaments where the ref doesn't see the ship it's like okay but if there's two 400 pounds yeah, right landing on the mat you should feel something yeah. and you should want to <laughs> like, you, you should want to turn around and be like what the fuck happened there <laughs> well like let's think about this like the rest point of you let's actually be the ref for a second he's looking at the giant outside he turns around after knowing Jarrett was standing but turns back around he's laid out and things like, yo, man, I just got here too. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what happened. And the rest like, oh, that, that makes sense. Have a good day, sir. And then Sting left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just have a nice day there, sir. <laughs> um, just walking by carry on. <laughs> I gave this match a D. On the whole, it was a boring match. The Sting moment was really cool. But the the whole match was a throwaway. I'm just I just didn't understand the need for it. I didn't and, and they were building it up like it was a revenge match from last pay per view. And I'm like I didn't even realize we needed another one of these. Like okay sure. Uh, the finish was Sting came down from the crowd, hit Jarrett with the Scorpion Death Drop, and then Giant came in and hit a choke slam to win. There you go. The next match is the amazing French Canadians. God, they're amazing. Facing Harlem Heat, and Harlem Heat wins by pinfall at nine minutes and fourteen seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? 
Oh my god. So I'm just gonna start with my score. I gave it a D. Um lots of miscommunication. Gave it a, D? a D. D Delta. Oh, D. D. oh god. D. Uh lots okay, of miscommunication, timing off everywhere. The 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 spot that led to the finish I thought was absolutely like just just stupid because the referee had to look up like several times to see where the progression was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like You didn't like is... the stairs to the table to the stairs? Oh no, God. I'm just like this is a 2K20 glitch. Like <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> like why are they doing this? Like if if uh if Pierre just stood on the set oh wait, sorry, Pierre just took the senton. If Jack just stood in the second turnbuckle, it would have been the exact same uh, impact. Yep, it would have been. And they still missed, yeah. <laughs> which was the best part. Um, I will say, though, Booker T hitting the Harlem Hangover is a thing of beauty. Yeah. And that is the finish, by the way. So, they missed that and then the yeah. Harlem Hangover. So I don't I don't have to come back two matches from now and be like, I forgot to say the finish. No, we can't trust you no more, Jeff. You just get finishers. <laughs> That's right. Um, so yeah, I get a match of D. I, I thought this was not a good way to bring in the amazing French Canadians. Oh, they're so amazing. Ben, what were your thoughts? Yeah, the match was shit. Not much to talk about. And I love and I and I love the stairs to the table to the stairs, top of the stairs, cannonball <laughs> spot let tried. I mean, yeah, that that didn't work. Um Booker T was the star of the match, I guess. Um yeah, this is crap. I gave it a D. I also gave this match a D. The Mountie botches pulling down the rope on Booker T. It looks so bad. Booker hits the ropes, and then Mountie comes over and then pulls it down. And I'm just like, what are you, like, what? <laughs> like, he had one job, dude. One job. And it was just such a bad botch. And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, just awful. Just awful stuff. But the whole match, on the, the, the whole thing was boring. Um, but then because Harlem Heat wins, Sherry gets to face Parker for five minutes in the next match. Yay! So we get Sherry versus Colonel Robert Parker, and Sherry wins by countout at one minute and thirty seconds. Then next, okay. okay, okay. Did you score it at all? <laughs> Wait, we have to score that. We had to score this. Go on Wikipedia, buddy. They listed as a match. I don't know what to tell you. Fuck sakes. Well, my uh, okay. I put next as my note. So, so I guess. Okay, zero? fair enough, Dave. Um, it was what it was. F. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I also gave this an F again. If you're gonna have a a like a gimmick match like this, Sherry should pin him. Sherry should win this. Instead, Colonel Parker like takes takes a bath and walks. And I'm just like, I thought she got five minutes in the ring with him, and it lasted one minute and thirty seconds. What? So why why bill it as it's going to be five minutes when it should only be one minute or something? I like just stupid, just stupid. F. Man, she was, F. Totally got five minutes. She got one minute. Poor Colonel. Yeah, jeez. Oh. I'm sure all our spouses <laughs> can, can sympathize with her. There it is. <laughs> all right. The next match is for the Cruiserweight title. We've got Psychosis facing Dean Malenko. 
Malenko is the champ going in, and he retains by pinfall at 14 minutes and 33 seconds. Dave. Only one title. Yeah, fuck Dean. What a slacker, <laughs> eh? Ultimo Dragon's out there in the world winning seven more titles than Dean Malenko, and all Dean's worried about is having a thousand holds. What a loser. With one yeah. title. What a loser. <laughs> 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 I don't know how to critique this match uh, now. <laughs> I, if Dean Malenko is listening ever, please don't kick my ass for saying that. You're you're awesome. So, um, as you know, Jesse, last week I was watching uh, the pay-per-view we had to watch, and for some reason my computer was not working. So I started watching on my cell phone on the on the mobile app because it was it was working. During this match, for some unknown reason, it skipped. From when Dean Malenko hit the tombstone to the finish. Okay. Bullshit, I, you skipped the match. And I uh, and I could not watch the whole match. Even my fiance Claudia was watching it with me. She's like, what just happened? Um, and I'm like, I don't in, know. In, in my opinion. You paid her you paid her to keep in, playing. in my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, uh, you saved yourself because because this match was not good. So good good on you. So, well, this is what happened. So I saw Dean Malenko hit a tombstone. And I'm like, how many tombstone powders do we got? Like, like, is there a quota? Like, like does Taker get like a royalty on this? Second that. Like, how many? So, so I saw the tombstone. and I was like, really? And then the glitch happened. And then the ma- the match ended. And I was like, it was only a two minute match. Nope, nope. You missed about twelve minutes. And then Jesse's like, <laughs> and Jesse's like, time it was fourteen minutes. I'm like, for who? I saw two minutes. <laughs> I got short change like Sensational there Sherry just did. There you go. So, uh, but yeah, I gave what there, I saw a D. <laughs> what were your thoughts? Um, I like the mat wrestling in the match. Um, unfortunately, though, I found Psychosis is not a good fit for a Malenko style yes, match. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, this mat wrestling is not working with Psychosis. It's it's not. It's just not going well. I mean, Psychosis is better to be paired against or paired with like a uh, Juventud Guerrera or Juventud Guerrero, as they uh, call him in the Battle yeah, Royal. Uh, Rey Mysterio, Ultimo Dragon, like uh, more Lucha style wrestling. Malenko, it, not a good fit. Just didn't work. So what uh, do you think? And because of that, the melt, the mat, the melt, the match uh, felt a bit uh, flat, in my opinion. Uh, Psychosis botching that top rope spot and bashing his head on the guardrail pretty much emphasized a lot yeah. about the match. <laughs> um, I did enjoy the finish though. I thought it was well done and executed by Malenko. Um, I gave the match a C. I gave the match a D. Uh, I thought these two had no chemistry. Um, and I would kind of place that more at Psychosis's feet than Malenko's. Um, it just psychosis looked like he didn't even want to do any of that groundwork, like selling and stuff. And, and I think part of the problem is, is because he's wearing a mask and everything, he, he can't emote the emotion that you have to be doing while you're selling the ground moves. And he wasn't doing any of that. So it's just like, Oh, okay. Uh, the finish was Malenko pinned him with a roll through into a bridge, which was quite pretty. Uh, but on the whole, it was an underwhelming match. Not good. I gave it a D. The next match is for the tag titles, and it's a triangle match. We got the Outsiders facing the Nasty Boys facing the Faces of Fear. 
The Outsiders are the champs going in, and they retain by pinfall at 16 minutes and 8 seconds. Ben, what were your thoughts? Jeez, by the looks of my notes, the way I have the Faces of Fear written, it looks like I put facts by far. Facts by far. (laughs) You're not wrong. You're sharing your facts. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, I thought this would be way worse than – I thought this match would be way worse. However, it did keep my interest all the way through. Uh, lots of hard-hitting brawling between like the Faces of Fear and um, uh, the Outsiders. Nasty Boys were... Uh, the Nasty Boys were the Nasty Boys. Uh, good consistency with keeping the action moving along. I didn't think there was a, like, a lot of stop and go, stop and go like I thought there was going to be. Um, okay. In that one spot where they tag both Outsiders in the match... If the outsiders had pinned each other to win the match and retain the titles that way, they would have been my top that, performers. And they did. If they're stupid enough to take yeah, them and both they, in, and if they lose the match that way, I would have been. You know what? Yeah, good for and you they guys went for, for it, doing that. I couldn't help but think. I'm like, I'm like, they do this, and it's like all oh, those sneaky outsiders. But then Kevin Nash takes the finger poke of doom and they're destroying the business. What the fuck is the difference? I'm just saying. Keep on going. Yeah, I think people put a way, way too much emphasis on that finger poke of <laughs> doom thing. There's been way worse things I've seen. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did that come up? Oh, my God. That was harsh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not bad overall. Uh, like I said, I enjoyed it. Oh, and... Way to have the smallest, wimpiest looking <laughs> ref to maintain order with these three teams. That had to be a rip. Oh man! Like, did you see the yeah, size he of was, the ref? He was tidy. He looked like he was a fifteen-year-old who hadn't fully <laughs> developed yet. Oh man! With a mustache, and um, yeah, I, I gave the match a C, though. I did enjoy it. You know, parts uh, of it, Dave. Okay, I gave the match D, and here's why. Um, I felt Hall and Nash were entertaining at the beginning, where uh, Nash was pretending to smoke. That was great. <laughs> um, it, it was a brawl as expected. Okay. Um, the one thing that drove me mental was, why is there only two participants allowed in the ring at once? Yeah, why isn't it? Oh my god, have you seen the the size of that ring though? You can't have three people but in there at the same time. Especially with the size of those guys. in the ring at one time. Yeah. There's also 20 people in the ring. Yeah. So ah, shit. <laughs> ah, okay, I guess. Don't tell me we can't have three, we can have 20, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so that was driving me well, mental. Yeah, I guess Nash, the Giant, a bunch of other guys are all the same. Yeah, okay, yeah, all right, fair <laughs> point. It was driving me mental because I'm like, why are you calling it a triangle match when there's only two people in the ring? That's not a triangle. Yeah. It's like a line. Yeah. It's like one line. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a line. It's a, it's line, a line match. match for the um, <laughs> I was finding myself extremely bored, and here's why. Neither of the Faces of Fear were, were selling or showing uh, like any care for the match. Uh, the Nasty Boys were just nasty. Nasty. <laughs> boys. Um, nasty. And then when they did the Holland Nash take thing, and I'm like, okay, I can't shit on WWF for doing that. 
and then not Shindo Stone for doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm like, why are they taking in, leaving the ring, and then running in as, as if they're surprised they're going to go pin each other? Oh, shit. They're smart. They're going to try to pin <laughs> each other. Those sons of bitches. They're, they're actually doing what we tagged them in to do. What? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. And then the finish was so just terribly executed. I gave it a D. Uh, I also gave this match a D. Uh, these triangle matches always have trouble with flow. Um, WCW seems to do this a lot, and they just don't, have not figured out how to pace the match properly. Uh, it's also very annoying that the announcers can't keep track of the fucking tags. There's three announcers. There's three teams. One announcer should watch one team, and that's it. Like, just, just just, call it. Be like, hey, I got the Outsiders. Dusty Rhodes is like, hey, I got the Nasty Boys. And then, exactly. Oh, I get the Nasty and then the other one, he can be like, I got the Faces of Fear. And if Bob's your uncle, they could, all, they could all fucking keep track of the tags. But they kept on saying, like, oh, I think this guy's in. I'm not sure. Like, fuck, man. You're an announcer. You should know. What are you, what are you watching if you're not seeing the tag? Oh, God, that drove me batty. Um... On a different note, though, I do actually have an Uncle Bob. So when you, I hear the term Bob's your uncle, there you I go. Go, yeah, you're right. Uh, the finish was <laughs> Hall hit knobs uh, with the megaphone, leading to him being powerbombed by Nash to win. Whatever. A med match. Uh, D. So now we go to the main event, which is the 60-man battle royal in three rings for the number one contender spot for the world title. And the rules are supposed to be there's 20 in each ring. Once you get down to 10, those 10 are supposed to go into another ring. That's what's supposed to happen. Giant wins at 28 minutes and 21 seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? Oh, my God. Okay, so Ben earlier made the accusation that I skipped a match, and I will be honest, I skipped most of this one. (laughs) But I'm going to explain why. I'm going to explain why. It it was more of a health concern because I was Mm -hmm. getting dizzy. I had no idea what was happening. Because they had the stupid three screen thing going. Yeah, they didn't fix that. Hey, like and, we complained about it last year, or for for the last World War Three, and and they didn't even come up with a solution for the three cameras. So like, oh, this is fine. It was awful. It was awful. You can't see shit. It was like it was like listening to wrestling on radio. It was just couldn't see shit. I, I had to skip it because had I not skipped it, I wouldn't have been able to watch anything anyway. I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Um, all the commentators jumping over each other. Yep. And so I, I, I gave the match an F. Whoa. There you go. Ben? The three screens again, huh? <laughs> Fuck me. Um, basically, once it came down to one screen, it was great. It was actually interesting. It was the only significant yeah. part of the match. Um, okay, I'm kind of guilty along with Dave, too. I had the match on with the three screens and I walked away. I did stuff, came back, looked, okay, it's still three screens. And I walked away and I basically watched another five minutes or so with the three, uh, three screens. And then when it came down to one with um, Luger, Regal, um, DDP, Guerrero and the NWO, I'm like, okay, now I can watch it because it's one screen and I don't want to take a sledgehammer to my TV with the three screens. Now right there is, right there is the Um, problem too. So, so as soon as there was ten, no, what, no, no, taking a sledgehammer to my TV, it would be a problem. They, they were down to get a new ten TV. guys in the other two rings, and they brought them all to one ring, 
and they still had three screens going. I'm like, it's in one fucking ring. Go to one screen. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing here? And they yeah. waited till nine guys were left. And like right there, I'm like, this match is not getting any more than a D. Like, I don't even care if like fucking Sting comes down and smacks all these fuckers with a baseball bat. It's not getting any more than a D just for this camera work. Well, what a got this Jesus D. Christ. Luger, I thought. I can't shit on Luger in this event. I thought he actually was okay in his uh, spot with the NWO when he was just the okay, final that five with the other four there. That motherfucker racked the job. giant. Okay? God damn. Yep. He got my performer of the night for that. Because I don't care how shitty of a wrestler you are. You lifted a 500-pound man on your shoulders and walked with him. That's ridiculous. Well, then he eliminated... Then he eliminated Hall. Then he threw out six right after. Yeah. Then he racked 300 pounders. Yeah, man. I was like, very impressive shit, by Luger. Luger's very impressive here. I gave the match a D. Just with the three screen bullshit. Even when they had everybody in one ring. I'm like, oh my fucking yeah. God. I, I agree with Ben. I gave the match a D. Same thing. It was the three screens. I couldn't, I couldn't take it. I couldn't. I just. I. You had a whole year to come up with a better fucking system, and you couldn't figure it out. Like, I feel like a better play would be to have three separate battle royals and having, like, like a as, as, and having it as soon as it's down to five guys stopping the match, sending them to the back, and then have another one, and then, and then the main event will be the last 15 in a battle royal. Like, do that at least. At least we can see what the fuck is going on. Jesus Christ. Fine. Uh, Fine by uh, me. So the finish yeah. was Luger had Nash in the torture rack and the giant pushed the bolt over the top to win. Uh, Luger, so impressive racking the giant. Uh, and mad was the crowd behind him. Hey, like, when's the last time you heard the crowd chanting for Luger? My God, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, that, but that three cam, that three camera stuff was just too hard to watch. Gave the match a D. So that brings us to our workhorse of the night and our tool of the night. So my workhorse of the night was Lex Luger. My tool of the night was the Manti, aka Jacques Rougeau, and my score was two and a half out of ten. Ben, my top performer. Okay. I'd- Jesse might not like this one just due to the Irish whip thing, but I actually gave my right. top performer to Chris Jericho because he wrestled with one arm tied. A referee, but whatever. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. And my tool tonight was whoever positioned the commentators into the spot <laughs> where they fair. were with the rings. Because that just <laughs> fucking horrible. And my score was uh, three out of ten. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry, uh, three and a half out of ten. Um, Lex Luger, a workhorse performer? He racked the giant, buddy. A hundred and twenty-two episodes. And he's a workhorse performer, finally. Listen, listen. I'm trying not to hold past transgressions against him. If you rack the giant, you basically get it. So... Dave, if Kurt Warner can win a Super Bowl, Lex Luger can win performance. I'll tell tell you what. If Jim Duggan comes out next pay-per-view and racks the Giants, I will give him (laughs) my workhorse performer of the fucking decade. That's a guarantee. I'm not saying you're wrong. (laughs) 
I'm not saying you're wrong. Fuck Shawn Michaels. <laughs> fuck Bret Hart. If Duggan wrecks the giant, boom. That's right. He's wrestler of the day. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying 122 episodes and he finally gets one. You no, know, sometimes, sometimes it, it, it takes a while for guys to break through. Yeah. Some people are yeah. like bloomers. It's so like, emotional, Jesse. This is a listen, big moment. Bloomers trying something new and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> He's wrestling. Oh, Davey didn't learn how to tie your shoes until let's, you were 17. Let's not, under, like, let, let's not just focus on the, the racking a giant, okay? And, and racking uh, Kevin Nash. Both are very impressive. The most important thing that Luca did was he was quiet. <laughs> yes, yes. He was not ah, yelling. Yes. So I think he realized, wait a minute. <laughs> I, 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 think he was, I think he was moving too fast to... to not yell because he had to keep going spot 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 yeah. spot and that's why his card was good there you go there you go he wasn't yelling but anyway to the point <laughs> we're of course a former Rey Mysterio okay love that okay. guy I just whenever he's booked he's, he's my my work from here on um my tool I gave to Barbarian because he was the main suspect of that match that was not selling or looking like he gave a shit to the point that Claudia was like, I'm not really into wrestling like you three are, but he's really boring me too because he showed me no emotion. Like there was a spot where I don't know if he saw it or not, where him in the face. And all of the- Actually, I agree with you on Barbarian. Yeah, he beat the shit. <laughs> yeah, like he, he was getting like Hall had him in a submission, stretching the leg, and he wasn't selling nothing. And Hall started slapping him in the face. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it was because he was like, "Wait a minute, can you fucking sell for me yeah, a little exactly. bit?" Exactly. Like, yo, bro, like so... we gotta work together here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not hey, yo, Chico, but yo, bro. Bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up! Like, okay, the best the best comparison was Bruce Beefcake with um, San Martino's son. Remember oh, where he, he had the time to yeah, fix his, his armband? His, that's right. He was fixing his armband. That's right. so exactly what Barbarian yeah. was doing in this match, and it was driving me mental. Um, overall score: whew, three out of ten. Man, this is a shit pay per view. Um, if people, if people out there, if you're gonna watch. I wouldn't watch this. I'd only watch the first match, to be quite honest. Uh, everything else you can skip. Uh, but that's right. Um, Save yourselves. But do join us next week. We are going to be reviewing WWF In Your House 12 uh, with the main event of Bret Hart versus Psycho Sid for the title. Um, hit us up on social media. Uh, call it in the ring media. Uh, let us know what you think our top five should be. Um also, just keep on listening on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week. Uh, and have a good one, everybody. <laughs>